Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, are you excited to be in church this morning? I know that I am. Um, I've really enjoyed this last month. Friends and Family Month has been amazing. We had Pastor Aaron start off. We had Pastor Ben Ainsley Yonker from Passion City as well came. And then our uh, extended family last week, our uncle, Pastor, Pastor Nate, <laughs> he came through. Uncle Nate was here, and that was great. And I've been really encouraged the last couple of weeks and uh, really excited and privileged and thankful to have the opportunity to bring the word this morning. Just want to thank our pastors, Pastor Matt and Jill, for just the amazing opportunity uh, to be able to share. And I love that uh, they have vision from God and they get to actually have the opportunity to step out in faith and achieve that vision, but not alone. We're actually with them. We're behind them 100%. And I know that I'm not the only one in saying this, but I know that Mallory and I, are better off because of them two in our lives. Pastor Matt and Jill have changed us for the better, and I'm, no, I'm not the only one in this room that can attest to that same thing. So can we just give honor to our pastors real quick um, before we get into the message? If you're thankful for them, let them know. So good. All right, well, hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open up with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We see that Jesus, in this passage of scripture, he's spending time with a community of people that would be considered an outcast. So he's talking to the tax collectors, he's talking to some of the sinners, and there's another group of people that we're gonna read about that are very aggravated by the fact that Jesus is witnessing, spending time with this outcast of people. So we're gonna start in verse one of Luke 15. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus Uh, came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Wow, how could he, right? Verse three, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to teach for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. Verse seven, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So if you're taking notes this morning, I'd love for you um, to just write this down. The message that I'm going to preach this morning is entitled, For the Saints and Sinners. For the Saints and Sinners. And that word saint in the original Greek um, is related to someone that is holy, that is blameless. And in the context of the New Testament, we see that that relates to anyone that is in the body of Christ, that has said yes to Jesus. But the second category, uh, we can all find ourselves in that boat because we have all fallen short the glory of God. And we're all in the same boat. We are all in need of Jesus today. So no matter where you find yourself this morning, 
We all need Jesus, and I'm believing that as we open up his word, as we study it today, that Jesus is going to encourage us and help us figure out more ways to stay on mission and to, to grow in relationship with him this morning. So why don't we pray together before we get into it? Jesus, we just thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that as we meditate on it, God, that it changes us from the inside out. So our prayer this morning is that it would cause a transformation, that it would cause, in a way, metamorphosis, God, that we would be changed from the inside out and that other people would see that change and be encouraged by it. And that would actually give us an opportunity to share what you've given us, God. You've given us new life. So Jesus, I just pray that you would bless this time and that we would be able to learn more about your scripture and be able to apply it to our lives in this moment. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Question for you this morning. Have you ever been in a situation that required urgency? I think there have been a few moments in my life where it was it was considered urgent. And um, some of you guys have heard me a few months ago talk about the moment I asked Mallory to be my girlfriend. And in this moment in my life that I wanna share this morning, it's when I decided to propose to Mallory. So some of y'all haven't heard this story, but uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. So I remember being, you know, I, I just remember having the ring in my pocket and it was literally burning a hole in my pocket. I was just so ready to propose. I was eager, right? Eager is a good word. I was eager to propose. I remember it was the night before I was going to decide to propose. I told Mal, you know, hey, let's go on a picnic. It's going to be fun. Little did she know that this picnic would involve a proposal. And, you know, I'm scanning the weather forecast the night before and I'm just making sure like everything's gonna be good because I asked one of her friends to take photos, you know, during the proposal and wanted to get, you know, documentation, wanted to get some photos of this special moment. And, you know, coast was clear from a weather standpoint. And I was like, great, thank you, Lord. The next morning, this is the day of, you know, and I, I'm getting ready to propose. I look at the weather again and it's changed completely. It's a, a full 180. It went from 0% chance to 100% chance of rain. And I was just like, why? Why, Lord? Why would you do this to me? Like, this is a special day. Don't you know what today represents? <laughs> and, you know, I went through that whole morning pretty stressed out, to be honest. And uh, I had to convince Mallory that it was still a good idea to go on a picnic outside in the rain. And uh, she was just like, I don't understand why we're doing this. Like, just trust me. It's all good. Like, we'll sit under a gazebo. It'll be great. We're going to go to a park and hang out in this little garden area. It's going to be great. And she was like, okay, whatever. You're weird, but sure, let's do it. And I eventually, you know, I picked her up. Before I picked her up, though, I will say I didn't even pack, like, a lunch. I was so nervous. <laughs> I had, like, a jug of Arizona green tea and, like, two snacks. It was, like, breakfast bars. So I'm like, this is not a picnic. But I was too stressed to pack anything else. So I was just like, it's, it's just a prop anyways, you know, for the real thing. So I pick her up, we're driving, and I'm like, Lord, please don't let it rain. And lo and behold, it starts raining. I'm like, did you not just hear me praying, God? Like, why is this happening to me? We're driving and I'm stressed, right? I'm so stressed. We're driving, we finally arrive and park. The moment we open up the doors, it stops raining. And I'm like... Thank you, Lord. I just like, favor ain't fair. Yes, God. And I grab her hand and immediately start walking pretty quick. I'm like speed walking, right? 
And she's like, why are we running right now? And I'm like, uh, we're racing against time. She's like, why? Because of the weather. Like, we got to, we, you know, I want it to be special, babe. So come on, just come with me. So we finally get to the gazebo. And lo and behold, there is a whole family just standing in the gazebo looking at the birds and the trees. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is not why. I just keep going like over hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. Like why? First it was the weather. Now there's a whole family in front of me that I need them to leave right now. And so I just didn't know what to do. So I just had a staring contest with the father. You know, I'm like, hey, how are you? Pretty birds, huh? And he's just like, this guy is mentally unstable. You know, like immediately he's just like, what in the world? Come on, kids, let's go. This guy's crazy. And I'm just like, all right, you have a good day now. Okay, bye. And like, I, I get her in the gazebo and we're talking. And <laughs> unfortunately, she somehow sees my friend that's hiding in the bush with a camera. And she's just like, this is so great. I love that we came here. I'm like, I know, right? She's like, wait, is that Josh? I'm like, no, that's not Josh. Look at this tree right here. Isn't it beautiful? Look how big it is. Look at the birds. I started doing what the father did with his family. Like, these birds are beautiful. Don't mind him. You don't know him. You don't know him. And I don't even remember what happened next, but, you know, I, I told her that I loved her, and I went down on one knee, and she said yes, and that was all great and wonderful, and the rest is history. But... There was a sense of urgency to that day because I felt like I was racing against the clock with the weather. The weather turned out okay and everything was good, but there was a sense of urgency. And where there is urgency, there is pursuit as well. And I think that's important for us to, to realize when it comes into the context of this story that we just read in Luke 15 we pick up in this story where Jesus, he's explaining to the tax collectors and the notorious sinners this parable, but this would have also been a really good influence on the people that were staring off in the distance judging Jesus, right? The Pharisees and the scribes that were sitting there, you know, tapping their feet, like, what, what is this man doing next? And they're aggravated, but it would have been a really good opportunity for them to listen in as well and put themselves in the shoes of a shepherd, or Birkenstocks, because that's what they wore back in the day. Jesus Birkenstocks. So this would have been impactful for the people that Jesus was hanging out with, but even the people that were eavesdropping. Does that make sense? And, and it just shows that, that God is in inclusive. You know, it's, it's beautiful to see that. But once you realize the importance of the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep, then you'll realize the importance of pursuing the one over the 99. And there's a pursuit that is taking place. There's a sense of urgency in this parable that we read, right? The shepherd is not content with just staying with the 99. He decided to leave and to go out and seek the lost sheep. And I think that this is so encouraging for all of us to see because it's the nature of God. It's the caring nature of God. So if you're taking notes this morning, I'd love to just elaborate on the three different perspectives that we see in this passage and how they actually relate to us. Is that okay if we go there this morning? So again, if you're taking notes, you can write this first point down, but God is the shepherd that pursues us. So that's the first thing that we need to address, and that's the first perspective, right? The perspective of the shepherd. And God is a good shepherd, and he pursues us. 
Luke 15, starting verse four, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. So again, the main focus of this scripture is God's mercy to a broken world. This passage is good news for humanity. God pursues us by witnessing his goodness out of his care and concern and urgency for us because we know, you know, the benefit that right now is, is that we actually know the full story, right? Because he furthers that point by sending his one and only son to sacrifice and pay the price so that we don't have to, so that we can actually have the opportunity to be made right, to step out of an old life and step into a new life in relationship with Jesus. So he is the good shepherd. So yes, he saves. And yes, he sent his, his son, and we can be thankful for that this morning. But our God is a good shepherd because he also seeks us, right? He seeks and he saves. So the good shepherd seeks and saves. Now, we see it in Luke 15, but even in the, in the front of our Bible in Genesis, we see it at the very beginning of this story, beginning of creation in Genesis chapter 3. Moments after eating the forbidden fruit, God speaks to Adam and Eve. We're going to start in verse 8 of Genesis 3. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Listen to this, verse 4. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? That's beautiful for me because that shows God's pursuit his urgency. Wait, I need to talk to my children. I need them to understand something. Wait, where are they? Even though God knew where they were, right? But he still said, where are you? And this speaks to God's nature. Maybe that's new information for you this morning that maybe you haven't heard that God actually pursues us. It's calling out to us. Maybe unfortunately, you know, you've heard someone on the side of the road yelling at you, shouting you down and making you feel bad. But there's a God that actually loves us and pursues us, and we shouldn't feel uh, guilted into making a decision to trust Jesus out of fear of where we're going to go at the end of the day. You hear me this morning, it, we should be concerned about who God is and the characteristics of who he is. He is a loving God. He cares for you because he is the creator of the universe. We are his creation. He desires to be in relationship with his creation. Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That says it all right there. The Son of God came to seek and save. And we know that Jesus, he was fully man, but he was fully God. So God is that shepherd. He's seeking after the lost. Amen? Um, I've been reading a lot about Smith Wigglesworth, and um, I think you guys have probably heard Pastor Matt talk about him in the past, but he's a British evangelist from back in the day. He was a faith healer. Uh, he reportedly raised 14 people up from the dead, uh, which is wild to me. And then, you know, there's countless miracles involved that he was, he was involved in throughout his whole life. And God used him in a significant way. And there's one story that really stuck out to me that I wanted to share is one, one time he was on a train and he was sitting 
on, on, the, on the train cart, and eventually they got to a train station. They stopped, and some people came on board. There was a young man that came on board and decided to sit next to Smith. And the moment this man actually sat down, this man stood back up and pointed at him and said, you convict me of my sin, which was wild because they didn't even have any type of conversation. They didn't even give eye contact to each other. But this man stood up and said, you convict me of my sin. And what was that? That was the Holy Spirit actually ministering to that man through Smith Wigglesworth life. And the beautiful thing about the end of this story is, yes, there was, there was a conversation. This man's life was changed forever. But by the end of it, the whole train cart of people were praising God. Now, what was that? It wasn't anything that Smith Wigglesworth did that was special. It was God moving through his life to pursue his children. God was pursuing that young man. And his life was changed forever. So God is pursuing this man through another man's life that was living for Jesus, which points to my next um, point, really, is God pursues us, and we have the opportunity to actually support what God's pursuit is by sharing this life-changing message with other people. So number two, if you're taking notes, we are a part of the rescue mission. So this is from the 99's perspective, the 99 uh, sheep that are in the sheepfold that are saved, the 99 that the shepherd left to find the one. In this parable, Luke 15, we see the picture of God seeking the lost sheep. And that sounds a lot like an active pursuit, not passiveness, right? Jesus tells his followers in Matthew 28, I wanted to read this and just encourage us. In verse 19, it says, therefore go. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. One thing that always stuck out to me about that particular passage is that it says go. Right? It says go. And go is not a suggestion, it's an expectation of a believer right, that we would actually go and make disciples, that we would go and baptize, that we'd go and teach. And it's a command that God is calling us out as a believer, as people that are a part of the 99, to go out and do, to go and make disciples. And how do we do that? We realize that we're a part of the rescue mission, that we're a part of the 99. If you think about it too, once we're in the sheepfold, once we've said yes to Jesus, we understand all of the benefits that come along with saying yes to Jesus doesn't mean that we won't ever have troubles in life. You hear me? That we're going to have troubles, but the whole point is that we're going to have someone that's stronger than the troubles in our corner, right? We have Jesus. And why wouldn't we as the 99 want to share that with other people? I think sometimes we get so distracted and maybe even comfortable by just showing up in church and, and, and going through the motions maybe at times because we get comfortable with a routine coming to church. But When's the last time we've gotten a little uncomfortable with our faith and actually stepped out and said, hey, this might be random, but I just felt like I needed to encourage you. Jesus actually loves you. Do you know him? Can I tell you about him? Can I tell you how he's changed my life? Because that's, that's a part of our role as the 99. As a part of the, this rescue mission, we are called to actually leave the 99 as well and go out and seek the lost, Amen. 
So are we looking for the opportunities to share? Are we available for people that may not know Jesus? This is a question that I'm asking myself as well. Or are we too worried about how someone might react or how they might feel or think about us after we share? You know, people, I will say this, people have a hard time arguing with your story. That's one thing that's really encouraged me, that the one thing that I have, that we have, is a story. We have a testimony that we are meant to actually share. And it's actually a joy. Once you start doing that, the more and the more you do it, it's actually a joy because you're reminded every time you share it of what God has done in your own life. So we can be encouraged to actually share our testimony and know that as, as we are a part of the 99, we're a part of the rescue mission this morning. And what an opportunity that truly is. You know, Pastor Aaron, at the beginning of Friends of Family, he's expressing how he's been influenced and inspired by artwork, right? That he shared that sculpture. I've been inspired by artwork as well, and there's a painting I wanted to share with each of us. This is a painting called The Missionary's Adventures. So it's by John George Verber, and um, it's, a, it's a very striking painting. Once I started looking into just the background of this painting, we see a monk at the, or there's a monk at the center in front of a bishop, and he's around all these cardinal, cardinals, and they're, they're sitting there, and they're hanging out, drinking tea. They're in a luxurious room. What's interesting to me is that at the center, we see this monk, this missionary, he's pointing at his hand. And some believe that as he's pointing at his hand, he's expressing the cost that was involved by sharing the good news with other people, that there was actually a cost that was attached to going out and being a missionary. And he's trying to encourage them to pay attention and remember the Jesus stuff, to remember the mission. And clearly we see that these other men, they're, they're, they're hanging out and they're comfortable in their positions and What's a horrible, uh, what is actually horribly ironic is that there's a painting in the left corner here. You can't really see it too well, but this is a painting of St. Bartholomew, who's one of the disciples. And this is a painting of his martyrdom, so when he was actually martyred for the faith. So underneath this painting is people that have forgotten the mission, and that painting above them is someone that gave his life up. And they have someone right in front of them that is an active missionary saying, hey, remember the mission. And this painting inspired me and impacted me so much that I printed it out and I put it on my desk here at work and I wrote down in all caps on the back of it, remember the mission. Because I don't ever want to forget the significance of what Jesus has done in my life and we have the opportunity to never forget that. Has Jesus ever done something for you in your life? Why not share it with somebody that doesn't know about him? Because we should remember the mission. I just want to encourage us to, to remember the mission. Remember that first moment that you said yes to Jesus. And let that fuel you to, to tell other people about all that God has done in your own life. Let's remember that we're a part of the rescue mission as the 99, amen? And finally, we are never too far gone to experience God's love. So we're speaking from the perspective of the lost sheep. 
You're never too far gone to experience God's love. Good news that is that love is available for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord through repentance. And um, I've had multiple conversations with people where I've invited them to church. It could be as, as simple as an invite, right? Hey, have you ever checked out church? Come to church. And sometimes I've had a response that's really been shocking to me. Sometimes I have people say, listen, if I step foot in church, Chris, I'm worried that the house is gonna burn down. And I'm just like, I kind of chuckle for a minute, but then I, I look them in the eye and I say, that could not be farther from the truth. Because we believe as a church, you can come as you are. You don't have to have everything together. I don't have everything together because I'm human. We're human, we are not Jesus, right? But it just expresses our need even more so for Jesus. But as you come, yes, you can come as you are, but we believe in faith that you won't stay as you are as you decide to come to church. And why is that? It's because as you make the decision and commitment to show up week in and week out, we know for a fact that God is going to speak to you. And as he speaks to you, you have opportunities to maybe just say, God, actually, you know, I wanna, I wanna go your way. And I realize that the better way is with you, Jesus, than without you. Living life with Jesus makes a lot more sense than living without him, right? And so I want to encourage those people, you know, whenever they give me that response, it's like, listen, just come. It doesn't matter. You feel lost? Cool, come. You feel like you're too far gone? You're not. Please come and see what you find because what you will find is God's love. So we're never too far gone to experience God's love. And for the one that decides to believe in Jesus, see, look what's available in Romans 8. I'm gonna start in verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I'm gonna jump down to verse 37. It says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is a love that no one or no thing can ever separate us from. Nothing can dismantle the moment that we decide to, to follow him. We have access to his love. Not even sin can separate us because he was the antidote for our sin, right? Jesus dying on the cross for us, giving his life up on the cross, and God demonstrates his love for us while we are still sinners. Christ died. He didn't wait for us to have everything together. He was obedient to the point of death so that he could be the holy sacrifice. Those Remember that God is actually the good shepherd and that for some of us today that have said yes to Jesus, we're a part of the 99, but we have a mission. We have a part to play in this rescue mission. And today we, we know that we're never too far gone, no matter what is going on in our lives, to experience God's love. And I wanted to just share, there was a moment where I had an opportunity to go visit a friend um, in Texas and 
one of my best friends. He, he's visited us a lot, and I ran out of excuses, and I was like, hey, man, it's time for me to come to you. You've come to me like five or six times. I need to come to you once. And I visited him in Texas, and it was a great time, and we hung out. And on my way back, um, I was in the airport waiting to take off to get to Jacksonville. And that was the start of one of the worst experiences that I've ever had in the airport. You know, it went from one delay to two, to three delays, to four, to five delays. I didn't even have a chance to say this in the last service, but it got to a point where we had to wait for a new pilot. And I'm just like, wow, we've timed out. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not ideal. Like, am I gonna leave today? I don't know. So, you know, five to six delays later, you would imagine that I was probably pretty frustrated. And I had my AirPods in, just listening to music, obviously not wanting to talk to anyone, look at anyone. I was like, I just need to get on this flight. I want to get home to my family. But it's interesting, before we got on the flight, for some reason, I turned to my right and just noticed this one gentleman. He was around the same age as me. And then I didn't really give it a second thought until I sat down on my seat because he sat down next to me. And I was like, okay, God. I see what you're doing. How would you like to go about this conversation? So eventually, I put my frustration aside and I took my AirPods out and started talking to him. He started sharing with me what he did for a living and then eventually he asked me what I did for a living and I saw that open door, right? It's, uh, I know Pastor Matt, that's, for Pastor Matt, it's one of his favorite questions that he gets from people, like, what do you do for a living? Because it's a great, it's a great open door and opportunity And I told this man, I was like, well, actually, I'm a pastor. And I'll never forget his response. He was like, no, beep. (laughs) And I was like, beep, yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do that because I'm a pastor. No, I'm a Christian. Okay, no, I did not do that. I'm joking. But I just laughed and I was like, yeah, I am actually a pastor. And he's like, talk to me about that. Like, he was so interested. And we talked and... Then he actually opened up to me and said that he had been in church at one point and uh, he really enjoyed it, but he's still trying to, to find a home church and all that stuff. And he talked to me about his relationship with his girlfriend. And I'm like, that's amazing, man. But throughout our conversation, I could just tell there were, there were moments in the conversation where his eternity was kind of in question. And it got to a point where I stopped him dead in his tracks and I'm like, hey, man, you know that you can know without a shadow of a doubt where you're going to spend eternity. And we can like establish and, and do it right now. It's as simple as repeating a prayer and surrendering your life over to Jesus. Would you want to do that? And he's just like, yeah, I, I actually would love to do that. I said, amazing. All right, when we get off the, this flight, why don't we just pray together? And you just repeat a prayer after me and it'll be great, man. You ready? And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And we start talking. He interrupts me again and he goes, hey, can we just pray that prayer right now? And I'm like, with all these people around? Sure. We're in a giant tube in the air. Like, <laughs> we don't have that much privacy. But yeah, let's do it. So at 30,000 feet in the air, I said, okay, man, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus. And then after the prayer, he's like, hey, I'm going to continue to pray if that's cool. I'm like, do your thing, man. And he starts praying for me. He's like, Jesus, I just thank you for my new friend, Chris. And Lord, I thank you for every single person on this flight, Lord, and the flight attendants. Man, they blessed us, God. And I just, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, he's just on fire for the Lord, like immediately. 
And it wasn't anything special that I did. It's not because of Chris. It's because of how God was working through my life to reach this man that was lost. And he experienced God's love that day. God was pursuing him. And he's never too far gone, and we are never too far gone to experience the love of God. Would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.